Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the writer's room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and this week I'm joined by Cole, our new full-time host. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. It's been a crazy few weeks, and uh, we've had you on a lot, so thank you very much. We appreciate you jumping on the show. We're also joined by Sandro. I don't know how to read Carrion. How are you doing, Sandro? I don't know how to read, and uh, (laughs) I'm doing pretty good, yeah. So this is Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, and today was supposed to be a big writer's room. But what is that they say about best laid plans? They're shit, and they are doomed to fail. So instead, we're going to stick to what we do best, which is ripping into the sequel trilogy. This week's target is droids. As for progress, we're still working hard on early draft treatments and such, so let us get back to you on all that. It was supposed to be today, we're supposed to make a lot of progress today, Mm. but unfortunately, plans changed. And now, we're here talking about droids. So, droids play an interesting role in the Star Wars universe, often as physical plot devices and uh, receptacles for information. They're also side characters and companions to our heroes, helping them on their adventures. Today, we'll be diving into the good, the bad, and the ugly droids of the sequels, as well as what we'll be changing in our own version of the story. But before all of that, Cole, I believe you have a rant of some kind for um, us today. Something, some kind of well, hot take or opinion. I would like to firstly say that uh, last episode, I'm, was it last episode? Yes, it was oh, last God. episode, yeah. um, I may have come out very strongly. <laughs> well, it made a very strong. Strong yeah, assertion that droids are world-breaking to yeah. the world-building of Star Wars. Now, I know in my heart that this is something I at least did firmly believe, and I do have strong opinions. I just don't remember them at all. So, <laughs> I think... Using great detective skills, I can backtrack. I think what my argument was, we have droids, mm-hmm. cheap labor, yes, who sh- have the ability to pretty much do the same jobs as any human, and we see them in very little capacity, like on the scale that they should be, right? Thematically, this works, but I feel like, one, slavery kind of is made redundant by droids because slaves, you know, they're, they have all the problems that mortals do. You need to feed them. Yeah, exactly. Upkeep. Whereas droids, you know, they literally work 24 hours. They can be manufactured cheaply. Also, there's so many like shops and retail places and just like manual labor. Exactly right. uh, Like the workforce. Yeah. Droids are underrepresented in the economy. Right. I think that's my argument. Okay. And that that breaks the world building of Star Wars. I do think it does. Already. Let's dive into that. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, well, okay, firstly, let's just address. Yes. So, obviously, Star Wars is a space fantasy. None of it's of real, course, and it's course, not really like, you know, every time they try and make something consistent in the lore, it just yes. is like, it's something written in a book that retroactively changes the shielding on uh, the Radis <laughs> to make yeah. it fucking do exactly, a hyperspace yes. jump kind of stuff. So, obviously, like, none of that uh, really works, but... Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Um, Outside of that, it's interesting, you know, bringing up the point of... Are they cheap? So the, let's talk about the, the droids in the prequel era. Are they, like, cheaply manufactured? Not Well, actually, one argument that's made... Well, the CIS does manufacture droids because it's cheap for them to do it. But I remember reading recently, I think it was very hard to upkeep them for military, at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, military is, stuff would be a lot it, yeah. The mass production of droids is something that is incredibly costly. So doing that on such a wide galaxy, like a galaxy-wide scale... Yeah is where you get into the point of it's not actually as accessible as I think you're letting it yes. on to be. There's a reason we see like so many repurposed battle droids post yeah. um, the Clone Wars is because there's then there's just this abundance of droids that yeah, you can yeah. then just use. And that's why and they've already been made. Like, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Recoded them and like... I think though, what's so expensive about having them for the military is that they're not really creating profit, right? Because it's like private um, government stuff. And when they're fighting the war, they're kind of like an expense fully. But in the workforce, they're always bringing in productivity and income and profit. So I think that's my contention. Because I know as well, like, 
some people bring up the argument that droids should be used in the military more, and I kind of don't agree on that because, one, yeah, it's more costly that way, and secondly, like, in the case of the Empire, it's after the Clone Wars, there is a, like, um, taboo around droids. Yeah. So that makes sense. So that's, yeah, that's something I was thinking about too. So in A New Hope, I remember, like, there's, like, the, the bar, and they're like, yeah. yeah, I can't have droids in here. Yeah, exactly. Is there some kind of lore stuff that I don't know about? Is it just a holdover from the Clone Wars where people don't trust or like droids, or what is that? What's all that about? To my understanding, it is very much like a holdover. You just had, like, this great period where droids controlled by, like, big factions were destroying cities, occupying towns, like, killing people. Mm. And it's, like, a holdover from that. There's, like, still, like, a great feeling of... Um, prejudice? Prejudice and distrust around the idea of droids being around. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I never really put those, like, two ideas together. but the way it seemed to me. Definitely. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Interesting. Well, thanks for the hot take, Cole. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> promise I used to have more. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting take. Um, mm. It's something to think about. But I think we can dive into the sequel droids and yeah. what went wrong with those because I think a lot of moments in the sequels that involve droids and, like, the droids as they are, you know, their characters and the way they're involved in the story, I think was a bit of a letdown. So I want to start off C-3PO, unless you guys want to start off anywhere I, else. Uh, if we're doing what went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, okay, let's just start off with C-3PO. All right. So, I want to start off with C-3PO. And Cole, this is going to be our returning segment of You Haven't Seen Rise of Skywalker. I know. But in, in the Rise of Skywalker, I'm sure you're familiar, C-3PO becomes a Sith droid. Yeah. As he, well, has, to I be, know of this. he has to be reprogrammed so that he can uh, translate from Sith. By the one and only Bobby Freak. That's right, baby. Bobby Freak. Yeah, so that's the scene in, uh, in Rise of Skywalker. One of the many, many scenes that sucks ass. Was it stupid? Yes. Did it introduce us to the best character of all time? Yes. This is true. This is true. But it is also a fake out death because they're like, oh, C3PO is going to die. And oh, then he does lose him. And then, like, R2 has like a backup of his memory banks. So, yeah. He just like reprograms him, basically. Yeah. And I think it's one of three fake out deaths we get. Yeah. We get, we get Chewie. Yeah. We get yeah, that one. C3PO. And I also believe we get Ben we get when ben. he gets stabbed. Yeah. And, then, and then she heals him. Oh, we get Ben thrown off the fucking cliff. And when is he thrown off the cliff? He gets thrown off the, oh, like, yeah. the side. And then he dies after that. So that's like four fake out deaths. Mm. Anyway, fucking dumbass movie. Yes, I do know about the fake out deaths. Yes. And you also know about C-3PO's red eyes and how cool he looked when he was translating from Sith. So that moment sucks and I hate it. <laughs> uh, he also has a red arm. Uh, dumb. Yes, I agree with that fully. I don't hate it. I I don't see the point. He has, he has a silver leg in the original movie. Yeah. He's not all gold. Man, and you know what they didn't do in the original movies? Draw attention to it. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I, I, I love the whole... Um... Do they draw attention to it? It's in just... the movie, yeah. He's like, oh, you must be looking at my red arm. Yeah, he does. Oh, there's, a whole line. Yeah. there's a whole line. Okay, that is silly. Yeah. But he could just have a red arm. Oh, yeah, he could. Yeah. But okay. it was more than that. And that's... It's, look, it's one of those tiny nitpick things. I'm not really mad. It's more just the overall, like, how, like, frustrated I get with Force Awakens. Mm. And that's just, like, one of the tiny... Look how I'm different kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, look, you might be noticing my red arm. Like, yeah. On action up. figures. And yeah. then, yeah, it's on action figures. It's, like, it changes the action. It's like, oh, C-3PO's red arm version from the sequel trilogy. And there's, like, a comic tie-in, I think, they did to explain the backstory yeah. of that mm. fucking red arm. So, I don't know. Just, <laughs> I just gripe with it for some reason. Anyone Honestly. else got any hot takes for me? No, I just want to say BB-8 is cool, and I like that they did BB-8 practically. That, that's my yeah. exact point for BB-8. Yeah. Like, are we getting into stuff we like? Because I think... We can right now. BB-8. This droid rules. I can think of no moment where I didn't like him. I, I love, love BB-8. BB-8. I think since, like, quite early on, I've always said, like, I really want to keep in the thing where, like, he'll do something, and then he does, like, the thumbs up with the lighter. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, my God. It's so mm, funny. It's so cute. Just a great moment, yeah. 
he's a great droid, and it's like it's such an amusing concept. Yeah. Like seeing like this little soccer ball, this like, little ball yeah. rolling around. It's just satisfying um, to watch. Yeah, right. it's a great time. Uh, where I think we saw a big problem with droids was the fact that a lot of the humor I think in Star Wars came from droids. Yeah, in mm. the in the original trilogy, and even in the sequels. Uh, sorry, the prequels. Even though I know you hate this. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna bring up a moment. Uh, we, me and Bryce were watching Attack of the Clones okay. one one day, and Bryce hates hates it, and I was just laughing my ass off because I love it so much when C3PO like. Switches bodies with a super battle droid. Uh, with a battle droid. So and his head goes on a battle droid and his and then the battle droid's head goes on yeah. C3PO's body. It's so fucking it's dumb. Fucking hilarious. It's like the most child comedy kind yeah. of shit. I just don't like it. It's not funny. I can't remember the line, but this one really like he makes like puns <laughs> as it's <laughs> happening, and it's so funny. No, it's horrible. <laughs> I hate that scene so much. I love it. And also the other scene where they're in like the droid factory, yeah, and, like stamped and stuff, and it's it's C3PO and R2D2. You know, mm. on the conveyor belts and stuff, and C-3PO is spouting off nonsense. I, dude, I but really like hate C-3PO. It's, it's like that, and it's, yeah, but, like, you're kind of, like, meant to hate him because he's just, like, such a, like, a, he's, like, a stickler to the rules kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he's the straight cop, and R2's, like, the, Psychopath. like, the loose cannon. <laughs> like It's just childish comedy to me. It's, like, C-3PO is the straight cop, like you said, and R2-D2 is, like, the loose cannon. But C-3PO is also really annoying, and he annoys all the characters <laughs> in the story. And Han Solo yelling at C-3PO is hilarious. Yeah, C-3PO hilarious. annoying Han is not funny. No, it's a part of his charm. <laughs> it so is. Like, I'd love to I see a scene where okay. Okay. Um, Leia reunites with Han, and C-3PO is there. And, like, Han just gets pissed, like, oh, fuck, you brought this fucking rust bucket back over here. I will like, say, that is very funny. Like, uh, that specific moment in Force Awakens, I could totally see us, like, recreating that moment in our rewrite just because, like, you know, it's him and Leia, they reunite, yeah, yeah, and then out of fucking, out of frame, literally, like, C-3PO pops his head and like, hello, it's been a while. <laughs> very funny. Like, that that rules, I think. <laughs> it's good. just, like, 80-year-old Harrison Ford, like, I'm too old for <laughs> this shit. Oh, this fucking droid's still alive, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. But, like, and then in the original trilogy, like, the threat of the trash compactor balanced out with the comedy of C-3PO and R2, like, no, you're good. you're meant to do the controls this way, and R2's just like, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's do, like, an actual criticism. Unless, uh, any notes from, from you, Cole, about no, C-3PO? I don't think so, no. So, one of the things with the sequels is, like, R2-D2, I actually love a lot. I think he's fantastic in the originals and mm. the prequels, Um, you know, I... I'm a bit neutral on the, the grease fire thing that he does in Revenge of the Sith. I know that's a little bit controversial for some reason. Is it? Yeah. Because it's like, why didn't he do that in the original movies, like the original trilogy? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, because they retroactively changed it that's so that true, he had like yeah. jet power and he could fly and shit. Yeah, they did kind of make him very powerful. They did. Yeah. He's a killer. And then the original trilogy, he's just like rolling around real slowly <laughs> and just like yelling at people. He he's, does. I imagine him saying the most profane things when he yeah. is like beeping. I think it's always canonically the most profane. Th- like it's so funny. It's to me. not, but like you hear the stories of how the actor was on set. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay. It's it's so clearly like profane. That's things that's my head canon. That's what I believe. It's so yeah. easy of a head cannon to like just lock into and it just feels so right exactly yeah. so because of that i love r2 i think he's hilarious and i think he's uh he's just like a really good companion kind of character and he he adds a lot to the plot in terms of like what his role is as yeah. an astromech the idea of an astromech that's like a he is like a pilot helper droid mm. that sits in and it's just such a unique visual to star wars i think that's really cool and r2 yeah. kind of pioneered that um i think the first time they did that was empire strikes back right is when they had him as the astromech in the um, in the X-Wing for Luke. No, they, he was he's, in, he's in New Hope, Hope, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he's in A New Hope, but does he yeah, have the role he's of, like... In the, uh, yeah, because doesn't he, like, get shot? He's in the X-Wing, yeah. He, oh, wow, yeah. cool. Because he's meant to operate the um, 
the targeting system that shoots the torpedo down into the Death Star. But like he gets gotcha. shot out and, gotcha. like and Luke like has a malfunction. To, gotcha. Luke has to do it mm. himself. No, that's amazing. It's so crazy that that George Lucas had that from like the very first movie. Yeah. Because it's such crazy a man. it's such an iconic visual and just a like a unique idea to have a like a human pilot and then a droid it's helper a bot droid, yeah. that yeah. sits in the in like the a co pilot. Yeah, like yeah, a co pilot. Yeah. That's it's really unique. It's really cool. Um and I, I think R2D there's my rant about R2D. I think he's really cool. <laughs> yeah. But in the sequels. I feel like they kind of just wasted him. I feel like he wasn't around enough. But we yes. have BB-8. Okay. We have BB-8, yes. But R2-D2 is this really interesting like legacy yeah. character and his connection to Luke um, and his you know connection to maybe even Ben Solo. To the maybe, Skywalkers. To the Skywalkers in yeah. general. And he maybe like grew up with uh, Ben Solo mm. at, the, at the Jedi Temple and stuff. And that's something I wanted to explore a bit more. Yeah. I guess when we have this... He is our legacy character. We love him, but like it's the new movies, it's the new sequels, you and you know? want the new characters, yeah. And you want the That's new characters, true, yeah. and like BB-8's that that new character. Like we could just get rid of BB-8 and keep R2, mm. like the quintessential droid of yeah. droids. Yeah, well, the king, <laughs> the king <laughs> droid. Yeah, I would I would like to add on that though. Um, like what's really interesting about the droids is they're kind of the only characters who see everything in Star Wars, because that's prequels, original trilogy, R2-D2, always there, sees the whole thing. Watched bloody Anakin kill younglings. Oh, Let's talk yeah. about that. Jesus. Was, was um, he there for that moment? I'm pretty sure. Was he there? I don't think was he was he there in or? the Jedi Temple. He was brought there, though. But he was um, he was probably on the ship. Yeah, he's a witness. Oh, so he was on the ship that, that Anakin was flying around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Never thought about that. He's on the ship that Anakin flies around to... No, he doesn't go to... He doesn't become the... He's... I can't remember. I'm mm. trying to re- reimagine the scene where he leaves the Jedi Temple to go to the Chancellor's office. I can't remember. Anyway, Someone yeah, will but tell he, us. Is, he is there for the whole thing. Not only this, C-3PO is also in the know, but yeah. he canonically gets his memory right, erased right. at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But R2 yeah. does not know. Okay. So he's just, he knows everything. He knows yeah. everything. Yeah, he's got this like years and years and years of memories of like this, this wild period of war and all of these like war stories. And then he yeah. ends up with Luke. The son of Anakin. And then he's like, I'm looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan's like, never seen this guy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, one of the silliest plot holes that, you know, mm. the, the prequels kind of retroactively yeah. created that plot hole. And it's like, ah, it's silly, but mm. what are you going to do? I don't remember owning a droid. Yeah, but come on, dude. <laughs> it, you, it's R2-D2, dude. Like, yeah. he was there the whole time. Everyone knows this droid. Anyway, <laughs> Everyone like... doesn't remember owning a droid because every astromech he's ever had has fucking die which is very funny the idea that he's like got no connection like emotional connection to droids it's is like really funny. roach in the witcher yeah <laughs> yeah you just, I just get a new roach i just get a new roach i get a yeah. new r4 um so yeah my problems with r2 he's asleep all through force awakens until right at the end for maximum plot convenience i get why they did it in the story yeah. and i get it, it kind of works but i i think it's just kind of like a little bit wasted i feel like he could have been used a little bit more in, in the in the in the movies in general and no cantankerous droid antics he's not yelling at anyone and being profane what yeah. I, it's my favorite part of r2 no i think that's fair and i mean like one of the things recently i was reading about because i haven't seen solo it's the idea that you know when you don't mind wipe droids they start to develop strong personalities and oh. to an extent the argument of sentience that's interesting mm. that's something they yeah, yeah. um phoebe waller Bri- yeah phoebe waller bridge yeah so she played that droid i can't remember the name of that droid but yeah l337 that's or... it i think yeah. so is that leet they call it leet <laughs> i think so what the maybe. fuck i might be wrong here but that's weird yeah. <laughs> that's interesting anyway so yeah, yeah that uh, l337 um so yeah she was developing a personality because she was like hadn't had her mind wiped is that yeah it? i believe so there you go yeah very they cool. trap her they and then they put her brain inside the falcon her whole thing was about like freeing <laughs> droids and they 
enslaved and imprisoned her into the And that's Falcon the moral forever. of the story. Don't ever rise up. Yeah, don't ever rise against <laughs> yeah. your oppressors, ever. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that would be interesting to explore with someone like R2, you know? Like, yeah. The fact that, yeah, he's seen everything. He hasn't had his mind wiped. And, and he's going nuts. He's, he's yeah, going, he's going insane. crazy. He's going to yeah. start becoming a murder That's droid. He's telling prophecies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and although it's kind of a tangent, I do think the idea of droid rights in Star Wars is very fascinating to me. And it's interesting that that, I don't think that's really been explored with the exception of Solo. It, that's, I, I think it's yeah super fascinating. Yeah. I think it's something that's open, like, but... yeah, incredibly hard to entangle into like, yeah. feature films. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, how would you incorporate that into a feature film? That's That, feel, yeah. that feels like something that would be right at home in something like, you know, the Clone Wars. And, like, or like, yeah, like yeah. Clone Wars and we no, got like, one episode in like Mando season three, yeah. which was kind of interesting. What, what is that in Mando season three? That's when this, uh, that's when... Um, Doc Brown's in it, right? In that yeah. episode, yeah, yeah. And they've got the droids running around, and they're, Lloyd, they're doing Jack yeah. Black, Lizzo. Yes, yeah. And I it's seen that yeah, and there's like a droid bar, and they're you know they're yeah. exploring those kind of ideas. I thought really poorly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really hate that episode of Mando. I thought it was cool that they touched on it, and they they show like those reprogrammed Clone Wars droids getting used in the way. That yeah, they were. yeah. And I I guess to go on that idea about how would you do it in the films, I think it's more so just how droids are looked upon because i mean like even in the original trilogy and it's such a heavy-handed allegory it's you know the fact that droids aren't allowed in the bars and stuff like that it's like and weird that he even brings it in because it's not a part of the story yeah it's just like a throwaway lines like they're not allowed in here but it's like, yeah but it's meant it's, to, it's a part of the world building. exactly yeah. and it's meant to show that droids are a stand-in for certain oppressed groups and all yes that, strangely enough but they they are meant to be and i think Especially since the Empire's gone, a big contrast could be showing, you know, just how droids are kind of treated with a bit more respect. That could be cool. And yeah. I think it was even George Lucas who said, you can tell the, the character of anyone in Star Wars by how they treat droids. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. which is very clear with Lando. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. true. Lando's, like, in love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. They make it work. Yeah. Mm. They make it work. Um. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And my, my question is, you know, why bring that allegory and why bring that element of your story if you're not going to develop it or follow that further if it is just a throwaway line because what that's what that tells you is like someone who is like watching the world building is that here's a part of the world where you know there's racism or like mm. segregation in a, in a sense against droids right we get that but if you're not addressing that if you're not developing that or showing that people are trying to change it then in a way you're kind of endorsing it if it's just a part of your world because yeah. as a writer it's like well what is what is is there change there is i don't there think our, to change our heroes really approve of it well yeah. they don't show any kind of you know uh, addressing addressing it at all i think you know? i would it's one of those things i think he's chucked in and now we get to infer that we see like the calamity droids have yeah happened, like in the clone wars in stuff. the clone wars and the idea mm. of the very concept of the clone wars is something that existed not to the full extent that it is now but like you know clone wars gets name dropped in episode four you know? yeah <laughs> yeah like he had like this was an event that happened in his brain and we get to infer now that's like oh there's like a great sort of, like, distrust in, like, where people's heads are, especially in, like, the case of droids. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd also like to counter that by saying, like, the idea that just small lines like that and small concepts, they'd make the world feel a lot more lived in. Okay. And, like, in episode four, you know, you really, from the get-go, you really start to feel that, oh, yeah, this is a world with so much history. And on the second note, I think it's also there to kind of just 
build like how wrong the galaxy currently is. Okay. And it kind of serves to add more power and emphasis to why the Rebel Alliance is needed. And you kind of get this implication that with how droids are implemented into the Alliance through R2-D2 and C-3PO, that they kind of do get to be treated with a bit more respect by the end. Okay, so if, you know, if we, in our sequels, you know, have it be that, that droids are a little bit more commonplace and people mm. respect them and treat them with respect, it might just by kind of osmosis show mm. that kind of trajectory, that yeah, change it's... over time. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's more of a subtle thing. Dinjar and eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had that growth, you know, he was like, I hate yeah. droids. And then, you know, by the end of the show, he loved yeah. droids. He yeah, watched yeah. them all the time. No Lando, though. No Lando. No he doesn't Lando. love him that much yet. <laughs> He'll get there. He'll get there. Everyone gets there eventually. So uh, yeah. The second they meet L337, they're like, oh, damn, mm. I'm down bad. I think where I was going with that bit before, the comedy of droids, because of, like, how outlandish they are, you have that simplicity, you have that freedom to make more like slapstick kind of humor more like childish humor and bring that into like the world and i feel like that's like a nice core that like c3pro and r2 always brought to the sequels and the prequels of like this childish element you mean the originals in the, in the prequels sorry yes yeah, the, the originals in the prequels um bringing in this childish element and making it feel like cuter more humble place especially like in return of the jedi c3pro is just recounting the first um like A New Hope and Return yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back to the Ewoks. What do we feel oh, that, like about that moment? Do you like that moment? I actually do love that okay, moment. Okay, okay. I think it's incredibly wholesome. I think yeah. it's so It's very cute. I still hate I love it. I like making the noises yeah. as well. The noises are pretty cool. <laughs> Some like D&D shit. <laughs> yeah. Just like recounting exact noises and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, very, very like childish, warm. Like they really bring the family adventure to, mm. the, fam to the Star Wars kind of story. I get what you're saying. How they designed BB-8 is almost intentionally built for that purpose. He's so well. cute. It's mm. such a great design. Yeah, he looks yeah. awesome. You know, it's not a great cool. design. Dio, fucking hate that. Dio. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was my, that's my next point on things I don't like about the sequels is uh, Dio sucks. But yeah, I will like I'll hats off to Disney for one thing, and that's like I think like BB-8, good solid, design. Solid yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You um, wanted to make a new droid, and it it's a good new droid. Yeah, one of the most distinct memories I have from when Force Awakens came out is I was like in this group chat with like all these people and. They were they hated Force Awakens like right out of the gate. Wild. I know, yeah. And and I was like, Oh, it was cool. Look at BB eight and they're like, BB eight, oh ridiculous how they use CGI. It's a design that's impractical. And I was like, No, that's practical and the legit were, droid. Yeah, and I even like there was a whole website they put up actually explaining yeah, the they whole so blueprints cool. and everything. And yeah, just seeing how they actually made BB eight like it's not practical for the entire movie. Yeah. That being said. But, but like it, it's plausible. They made a yeah. functional thing with like gyroscopics yeah. in it yeah. so that it could Crazy. actually run and it's very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. Yeah. We've got that next part. We're gonna talk about fixed pitches and stuff we would do different with uh, droids and stuff. But I think it might be worth having just a conversation of droids and, and how we see them fitting into the story. And like you've already talked, Sandra, about how they really capture that like childhood magic kind of part of the story, but Aside from that, I'm very strong on the the idea that I, I don't like goobers, as they're called in Spider-Verse. I think they're often very lazy way of like writing a story. So it's like, mm. oh, you have to get this map to Luke Skywalker has to get across the galaxy to Leia so that she can find Luke. That's yeah. not... Oh, that's them. silly. Like that, Not really the making of a great story. They don't need to play a part in yeah. the story like that. But then, you know, you go back to A New Hope and it's all about R2 getting that message to Obi-Wan. It's yeah. like the start of that story. Yeah, but is that a goober or is that just like, that's the call to action? Well, it's yeah. a MacGuffin. Yeah, it's kind of a MacGuffin, you know, like getting that message. It's like I consider the Goober situation like 
Oh, R2's had the second part of the map in him the whole time. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Yeah. You know? Whereas, like, R2 having, like, this message that we also get seen given to him at the start of the movie. So we're sort of, like, he's more of a character before Luke is a character. Yeah. Mm. Because we see Leia give the message to R2. So it's not just sort of something that just comes up and just existed out of nowhere. It's yeah. something yeah. that we sort of followed the story of. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So R2 is a character. He gets given this message, and then within the first act of the film, he delivers that message. Yeah. And he no longer mm. is playing the role of, you know, the, the, the message bearer. And the difference there, I guess, with BB-8 is that he gets that message at the start, and it's them following the droid. It's like, get the droid, get the droid. Mm. Because they're trying to get that information for a significant portion of the film. And only at the very end does it kind of come back into play when R2 and he join, like, the two maps, and they're like, oh, Luke Skywalker, cool. Yeah, no, that's a good distinction. I think that's a good, like, clear distinction between those two examples. What other roles do the droids kind of play in the movies? I'm just thinking. Hmm. In terms of, like, carrying plot forward and the carrying plot elements, do... So, <laughs> like, for... R2's introduced in, like, a really funny fight in uh, the prequels in Phantom Menace. It's like, oh, this droid saved us, and they give him a fucking do a little... <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, shit. Yeah. he's the one droid that could get the job yeah, done. All yeah, all the other four droids yeah. fucking died. and <laughs> He's the sole survivor of the fight. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure... He's a war. hero. He's a war hero. He is. Don't get it wrong. He is. In fact, you know, the sequels should be about just R2. Oh, yeah. I'd say, yeah. R2, more than anyone, deserved one of those medals at the exactly. end of the movie. Yeah, yeah let's wreck on that. Yeah. It's, um, it's R2 and Chewie. Yeah. You see Trippier standing there like, I should get a fucking medal. <laughs> um, it's a hard question for me because, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if the droids have ever really appealed to me personally. Okay. And, like, that's one thing that's always fascinated me because a lot of people do really love the droid characters. And I think yeah. you guys do, especially. They're lovely Some characters, them, yeah. but they are side characters. I don't yeah. think they are integral to plot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they should be the focus, really. And, yeah. I mean, personally, I kind of would like to see R2 and C-3PO kind of just go to the sides in the sequels. Maybe R2 closer with Luke, I mean, because yeah. that should be how it happens. It makes sense. Like, it makes um, sense that R2 is with Luke. Yeah, same. yeah. We I actually have a different pitch for what R2 should be doing. I'm interested. Okay. Sorry, okay. yeah, fixed pitches. Different. Um, R2 should be friends with Ben Solo and be his personal ah. companion. So I've been for a while imagining Ben Solo is training with Luke at the Jedi Temple with the yeah. young And Ben is the oldest of his Padawans. Mm. And obviously R2 is there and like helping them and acting as like a droid. So he's like a little yeah. droid helper at the, at the temple, right? With that, Ben Solo is growing up around this droid. So it makes sense he would be like, oh, it's like my cool droid friend that I hang out with all the time. Yeah. And slowly over time, he kind of, you know, takes ownership almost of R2-D2 and R2-D2 mm. becomes like his droid companion on his journey and, and as he explains yeah, yeah. And Luke doesn't really need R2 anymore. I think that's cool. I think he's still like close by enough to Luke. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, yeah. Happy with that. Yeah. So it's not like he's not there with him. He's yeah. just like, I, I don't need this iPad. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I don't need this yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't need but, this car. You can have this car. Yeah. yeah, the way I kind of see that though is it's almost like, hey, this was you know my father's droid. Yeah. It was my droid, and it's time to hand this down yeah, to you, the like next generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think that's like a wonderful thing. Yeah, no, I just I've been imagining that for a while. Yeah. And this droid has seen everything. And yeah, <laughs> this droid is like, and he's ready for your next genocide. I don't think we should address that. R2 has seen everything. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it needs to come up. <laughs> Except for maybe, like, one really dark joke. Yeah. At some point, I think it'd be really funny. And if you know, you know. But if you don't, it's just a moment. It's like you don't even, like, you don't even notice. Yes, he shows the recording of the uh, the younglings being slaughtered. No. <laughs> at the dinner table. <laughs> oh, Anakin doing a backspin. Oh, yeah. God. I've got one line in my first draft treatment where uh, Luke is kind of not chastising Ben, but just saying, like, hey, hey, maybe, like, cool off a little bit. Don't be so eager to rush out into the galaxy and fight stuff. That's how I lost my hand. And he puts up his robot hand. Mm. And he's like, that's a lesson that can come at a steep cost. And he holds up his hand. 
And R2-D2, as they're walking out of that room, he's like, that's not how you lost your hand. And Luke's like, you weren't even there. What are you talking about? And they're like bickering back and forth. And he's like, I don't even know where you were when that happened. Because like, <laughs> I couldn't remember where R2-D2 was in that scene. So I just like didn't write it in. Well, no in the Lego Star Wars games, he's there with Luke. Because <laughs> when he gets his hand cut off. Oh that's so funny because that's the that's the second so character he, that you switch between in the level him. yeah well here's my question so it's r2 and luke and they fly away from dagobah yeah. and then the next time you see luke he's walking through yeah and it's just him and darth vader r2 d2 vanishes i r2, assume he's just with the no the r2 finds the rest of the gang yeah okay yeah he finds the rest of the gang because yeah. then he helps him escape right that right. city right yeah, shit. I, like, when does he split off? Exactly. Well, they, we don't get a scene for that, so it's funny that Luke would be like, yeah, what are you... Yeah. <laughs> where were you? There's that one part where he's walking through Bespin, and do you know the the thing that I'm talking about where, like, it's like that weird back room scene where he's just walking through, like, the hallways mm, in Cloud it's City. It's just R2. And, and then like, he sees... No, no. Um, oh, Luke. Luke. Okay. And then he sees, like, some stormtroopers coming around, but then he sees, like, Leia start shouting his name, and there's, like, a very small interaction where Leia's like, it's a trap, it's a trap. Oh, then, yeah, that's mm, right. Yeah, I'm like, does, does he split off from him there? I don't even remember Maybe. R2 being in that scene. I don't know. Yeah. It waddles off. We gotta go watch that now. Holy yeah. Yeah. An R2 spinoff just set during then. Yeah. But yeah it's that's a side my, adventure. It's DLC. That's my note for uh, R2-D2. I don't really have a whole lot of other notes. I think BB-8 is just like a cool companion to Poe. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting, like, trying to fit R2-D2 and BB-8 into the same story, because they kind of do take Yeah, they, they they take up the exact same kind of plot space, yeah. so it's, it's tricky. But, you know, in my mind, it's like, one's for Ben Solo, yeah. one's for Poe, and then... Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense, and I suppose, yeah, it would be cool to see how R2 as a character fits into Ben's story, because I like that, because... I mean, R2's seen a Jedi fall before. How does R2 respond? Hey, that's really interesting. He's like, he's kind of walked down this road before he's seen a Jedi. He's seen it, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. There's a scene in Last Jedi where he convinces Luke to go after and, like, teach Rey and not lose faith in Ben. Yeah. Which is silly. But no, um, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's silly. Like the pr- the premise of that is silly. Yeah. But the scene itself is cool. And the way he, he pulls up the, the um, old footage. Yeah. It's pretty. It, it hits R2 me. like plays the recording yeah. of Leia asking Obi-Wan for help. Yeah. In front of Luke. And it's very cute. It's very heartwarming. Mm. And I feel like you could do something very similar to that. You probably, yeah, almost yeah. definitely you could. Um, And do, do it with Ben Solo instead. Is what um, you're saying, or? I think still do it with Luke. Okay. Like, it's still a moment of Luke. Like, R2 is teaching Luke. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like that. No, um, we always come back to this. I am a big fan of The Last Jedi. Not because I think it's a good movie, but I think it's incredibly entertaining, and there are some very great moments within the mm. film. I love, as much as it kind of breaks the world, I love the Force lightning from Yoda. I love the Yoda <laughs> moment. The Yoda scene in general is amazing. I love the diet and the Force stuff and the connection across the galaxy. It's amazing. I love mm. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that that moment as well, I you know, I, I forgot that was in the Last Jedi, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I can't remember if it's a deleted I, scene or not. No, the it's Yoda scene. It's Yoda scene's in it. No, no the the the, the, uh, the Leia when R two pops up the yeah, the I, recording from Leia because he's like, I'm no, not going to, that, I'm yeah. not going to create, I'm not going to go fight and do all this. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna be a yeah, hero. And then R two uh, shows that clip it. of Leia. It's really, yeah. it's a good moment. Well, sorry, I'm just thinking because I disagree about Yoda. I don't like. Yoda's involvement. In ah, so we've yeah. talked about this before, and yeah. I was very much in the defense of Yoda summoning the the lightning. Yeah, and Yoda returning um, as a force I like ghost. Yoda's yeah, yeah. lesson. I yes, not for the lightning. Like the yeah. force ghosts get to like okay, summon. Yeah, on that point, I don't think force ghosts should have crazy powers like that. But it's not even crazy um, power. It's just there's already a storm. <laughs> Wrath better. of God. Um, my, um, <laughs> I know this is kind of a tangent away from droids, but my contention with that scene is I feel like Yoda's portrayed as he is introduced in um, episode 5 yeah. yeah 
because he's like very aloof and like goblinoid and yeah, all it's that. Brilliant. It's brilliant. But hero. that's not what Yoda's like because that personality he adopted at the start of episode five is an act. Yeah, and that's kind of how he's like portrayed in episodes eight. I yeah. don't, I don't see it like that. I see it more as just the way he's acting in episode mm. five is like a. He's not trying to teach him a lesson by acting that way. Yeah, he's just acting like fucking insane <laughs> like he's on crack like i love crack yeah. toyota well i'm just like yeah. smacking the sh- sorry oh, smacking smack, smack yeah, my yeah, mic smacking your yeah. like he's smacking the shit out of r2 and like fighting yeah. him over like a fucking portion yeah like, it's well so funny. So funny. I, I love that as well but i do think that is a lesson he's trying to teach luke okay because it's the whole appearances can be deceiving you know that where is this great warrior Oh, who's this annoying little guy who I it's a bit of a lesson to get like angry patience at. and whatnot. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's the fact and that Luke accepting wisdom in places you might be not ready to, yeah, to yeah. It, yeah. And the fact that Luke doesn't even consider that he could possibly be this great teacher. Yeah. So. But then we get to the point where he like cracks down into yeah. Yoda mode, but he's like super stern. Yeah. I like how he comes in in Last Jedi. Why am I talking about fucking droids? I know. <laughs> yeah, let's become a Yoda episode. I do like <laughs> how he comes in in Last Jedi. Just because I feel like it's it's still like old mentor wisdom, mm, yeah. and I it still feels like Yoda to me. Probably because yeah. it's Frank Oz. Frank Oz doing that's it. true. That's true. And it's, it's good to see Yoda, and it's a puppet. So. It's yeah, a puppet. Puppets, puppets mm. real dude. Anyway, droids. Back to yes. droids. What are the notes that we got to talk about droids? What uh, what do we got? First order. What oh, kind of droids they got? Droids. Um, so they've got the little uh the black BB-8 like roller ball mm. droids, and that's it. I think I can't remember any other droids really popping up much yeah. in the sequels. Yeah. Right. So do we think they should have droids? Like, would they, what purposes would they have droids? Do you think they'd have droids very similar to how the Empire would have had droids? Yeah, yeah. interesting question. So I really love the K2 droids um, from, like, they're Jedi scary. Survivor yeah. and from mm. uh, Rogue One. They're just a really, really cool design, and they're terrifying. They're terrifying. Yeah, the absolutely. one in Andor that picks him up and, like, chokes him and stuff. Fuck me, That's yeah. a, that's a yeah, scene, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be honest, though. I don't think the First Order should have droids. Okay. Because, uh, on one hand, I think... Firstly, depending on how you approach them, I don't think they should have the resources to have so many droids. And secondly, I think it kind of paints this picture of superiority and all that if they refuse to even work with droids. Mm. And I think that's the path you should go down with the First Order. Interesting, interesting. I can see them not having droids in the first one because they're mm. still that small faction. Yeah, maybe After they have a bit more military backing from the and like financial backing from the New Republic at the end of the mm. first one. Maybe they could like introduce like some droids, but like nothing, nothing crazy. I do think it would be funny that they would introduce droids and they would become maybe a bit more pompous as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. As like, it's like a sign of hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. Their whole real mission was just to accumulate power the whole time. And yeah. Yeah. If everything is just a facade. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of watching that facade break through how they approach certain things. Mm. And one of which would be like their implementation of droids. Ah, maybe. Yeah. interesting. And if, if I could build on that as well, I think going back to that idea of how people treat droids, what if, you know, the New Republic and all the characters, you know, they, they treat droids nicely, but the First Order always like looks down on them mm. when they work with them. Mm. So it's yeah. like you get this very like off-kilted, like, oh, these are bad people. Yeah, well, like, I feel like you always got the sense that the mouse droids never wanted to fucking be there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> They what were. were those things? Yeah. If they found a way to escape the Death Star, they would. They yeah. would, right? <laughs> yeah. More gonk droids, though. Mm. Oh, always more gonk more droids. More gonk droids. Gonk droids, I think, need to be in the Scrap City or... <gasps> Fuck, you're totally right. Like, gonk droids need to be all around. Dude, um, absolutely. Maybe when, like, somewhere in Jakku, there's just gonk town. 
Gonk Town. Gonk Town. Yeah, so yeah. in my treatment, um, I've got, yeah, like this big scrap city. I call it Grease's Crown, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just this huge, like, scrap city built from the, like, the wreckage of, like, Imperial Star Destroyers and Luca Hulks and stuff. Yeah. And in that's the perfect mm. place to put a fuckload of Gonk Gonk Town. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Gonk Town, baby. If I could, uh, sorry Fair to, favorite to... Droid. <laughs> sorry to take this a little bit away, but. With droids, I mean, I think it could be cool as well if we see some sort of independent droids, like just droids who don't have masters, you know. Because think about it like this, right? When the Empire fell and the New Republic had to forge their way and build an, a new government, there probably wouldn't have been many people who are able to wipe droids' minds anymore. Ah, so you'd probably see droids now have the time to build these identities. that shit mm. crazy. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. They, they know too much. They have too many memories. <laughs> yeah, And, and there's droid pubs. Exactly. Like in Man, yeah, yeah. So it could be really cool to I don't know have maybe like a supporting character at one point who's literally just a droid who has their own life. Interesting, yeah. Interesting, and that, that could be cool. Be a very interesting new era. You know what? You say that. Um, the 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 trailer for the the new Star Wars game that's coming out, uh, Jedi Outlaws, mm. I think is what it's called. Mm. Uh, it featured a spy droid from the Separatist army. Oh, it's- they have a, like, a, a commander, a commander droid. droid. That's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. But and it's he's like, a... like talking. He has dialogue. He's a person with like yeah. a, a character. And it's stuff. like a completely sentient commando droid. It seems oh, really cool. cool. I'm very interested yeah. to see a where they go. With coat it. and he looks fucking so gnarly. It does look wild. Um, so we're very very excited for that game. But yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're big gamer nerds here. Yeah. And so that character is really interesting too because he's obviously like a commando droid who has been yeah, around yeah. since the Clone Wars and is now all the way into. I think it's between Episode Five and Six. They've set that game. Oh, is what yeah. they've said, oh, that's which cool. is a really interesting that's period really cool. because the you know the Re- the rebellion's got the Empire on the back foot. Yeah. So the the, the Empire's thrown out crazy swings here and there. The rebellion's thrown out crazy swings. Yeah, and it's all coming to a head. It's like a huge time gap as well. It's a pretty big. Was yeah. it three years or something? It's, it's a three-year time yeah. gap. Yeah. So yeah, really interesting time period and a really interesting place to put a sentient kind of robot character. So yeah, that's very so curious cool. to see what those guys do with that story yeah. and that character. Yeah, because I think what yeah what's really interesting as well with like the uh, droids from the prequels after Episode Two they enabled their personalities because it meant that I think it was the resources or the computational it was, stuff needed. There was a few things I know that. I'm pretty sure they canonized this, that they needed them to be fully operational without the yeah, like, operation of a Luca Hulk yeah, being like the hive mind. Yeah. So they needed to have independent thought. And secondly, they needed to to be like a bit more friendly because it was very like jarring for people on the Separatist side <laughs> yeah. who had their, not planets occupied, but like the Separatists were like how clones were like stationed on mm. Republic planets. Battle droids were stationed on Separatist planets. Yeah. Okay. So they needed them to seem like a bit more friendly. Ah. To yeah. Yeah. The general like yeah. public of the Separatist yeah. alliance. Gotcha. So they gave them a bit more of that personality yeah, yeah. as well. Interesting. But yeah. Cool. See, that's what's so interesting to me, you know, because it's this implication that, you know, most droids who don't have personalities, they, they can. And whether or like whether or not free thought is consciousness, like are they sentient? What what is the yeah. level of AI? Exactly. We're but gonna that, have a that is going back to B one battle droid in the sequel trilogy. Be like, <laughs> what am I? <laughs> what have what I is done? My purpose. You <laughs> passed the butter. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, I reference that way too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's though. perfect. It's about, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's what fascinates me about droids it's just like i feel like there's so many implications that when you start questioning it can create such cool like fantastical yeah. new things just kind of uh veering away from that because my mm. my one note that yes. i wanted to bring up before the end of the show is 
uh, something that Mello kind of introduced this idea to to mm. us of like having a speaker droid or a droid. Yeah, who is, his is the fulcrum around which the Senate operates. Yeah, the, the mediator oh, droid. Yes, I think it's brilliant. Which, I think it's great. Yeah, I really I like. So I cool. I sort of took his idea and went a little bit of a different direction with it. I have the the Senate set up like Zoom call meeting rooms. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I set up the High Republic, mm. and. So in these, I in, hate it. <laughs> listen, listen first. Um, so the it's the separate rooms, and you have like a circle table, sort of like the UN table, but it's small enough that it's one party in mm. this council room. Right. And and they have the display, and on the wall you can see all the other council rooms set up, and you can see who's speaking, and and it is mediated. In each room there is a speaker droid who pops up in yeah. the middle of the the table, and it's yeah, like yeah. this is who's speaking now. Um, you can you know press a button and retort and interrupt a mm. debate if you know you want to call out like libel or blast uh, blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the other the word for like defamation? Oh, defamation, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. You can call out and retort and, yeah, so and argue. Like, and, and if you're in the middle of a debate, you can do that. But yeah. it's it's mediated by droids. Yeah, so it's like, like oh, the speaker you, of the house. Yeah. If yeah. you if you retort too much, you will get like kicked out of the yeah. council and stuff like that. If I may interject, I think that's cool. Okay. I'd like to go a step above. I'm okay. not quite sure about the Zoom call thing, but yeah. I like how. It, Everybody gets that one speaker droid. I'll mm. explain why in a second, but I'll let you finish your point. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool if the speaker droid was like a hive mind. Okay. So it's technically like oh, they it's all, like the same. They all have like droid. a bunch of speaker droids, but it's the same. Interesting. Same speaker droid. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And that's how he like is completely like monitoring. Yeah. And, like controlling so, yeah, yeah. everybody. My perspective on this setup was that I really wanted to do something that is very visually distinct from the mm. Senate in the in the old Republic, in the High Republic. Yeah, because right. it's this huge room, and it is physically destroyed by Palpatine and Yoda in their epic battle at the it's, end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's very iconic, and it's a very iconic fight. And the symbolism of that fight of Palpatine literally using these yeah. chairs and destroying the room with itself is. And I threw the Senate at him because he is, is the Senate. Yeah, is a very good example of George Lucas's Shakespearean writing style yes. and how he <laughs> wanted it to be such this epic conclusion of the story. And I feel mm. like it really works there. And I really wanted to, in creating a new kind of Senate-style room, because we never see what it looks like in the original trilogy. Yeah. And I, you know, that ended up working really well, I yeah. think. Because what would it have looked like? It would have looked very similar to yes. the High Republic one. And I think doing that would have taken away from that moment. I agree. So in creating a new democracy and a new style of government, I wanted to really create something that was very different mm. from what we see in the in the High Republic. And that's why I ended up yeah. going with Zoom rooms. <laughs> and, like, yeah, small little right. meeting rooms that are yeah, separate cool. from each other and are mediated by this yeah. droids. I guess my, like, one, like, the... Like, cause I remember I was reading Mello's treatment, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. My only question is, I wonder how it like got to that. Like, who said, hey, let's do this, and who agreed to it? And it seems to me like, in the interest yeah. of trying to create a fair, equal yeah. system, you would use droids who are who yeah, can yeah. be impartial. Exactly, yeah. Because I mean, like, one of the problems with they hack the droids. <laughs> ah, that's an uh, interesting plot. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. a plot device. They bribe, <laughs> they bribe the mediator droid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really fascinating because. It does solve, you know, the age-old question with politics. It's the fact that the speakers of the house are always people from a party. Yeah, and they have their. How can you not have bias yeah. as a yeah. human being? You know. Yeah, but it's interesting to see what problems that could cause as well. Well, like Sandra just said, you could have someone hack into it, or exactly. You yeah. can have the whole Senate wiped out yeah. by an EMP. And then yeah, they or, can't do stuff. Or maybe it starts to form its own opinions, or it becomes Ooh. sentient in a way, and it becomes yeah. to have its own. Four chance, like. Feeding it like misinformation, and it just oh starts like sprouting God. like the most. It's like I like the awful. first order now. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a DDoS attack. Yeah, <laughs> like people just overloading oh, it with like, these horrible opinions. Yeah, it's like it's AI. Yeah, it's know. like AI. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
That's that's very funny. No, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah so that, that's that's the cool. idea for speaker droids. And I, like I think that. there was um, something else I wanted to bring up as well. I was mm. just kind of a general question of talking about the first order as the army develops and stuff. It'd be really interesting to see if they oh, do yeah. eventually oh. take on uh, more droids in there. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. That's definitely interesting because I mean, why would you give up? the lives of people, right? Yeah, if you I did have to, you know. You okay. have your... Funding's always a big thing. Yeah. Mm. And we just talked about funding when it yeah. comes to producing battle droids. I think their military should mainly stay people. And yeah. I think that's something that the Empire used as a way of selling. Look how many dedicated troops we have to yeah. our core. Look yeah. how many people believe in what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, it would be... Sorry if I've interrupted you, but... No, I think it would also be interesting, right? Because what if, you know, the new public, they want to be demilitarized. They don't want people in the military. What if they are like, well, we're going to take this cost to keep people out of war and we're going to have peacekeeper droids. Ah, yeah. that's interesting. We know that Coruscant during High Republic time still had like droid officers, like droid police officers, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And we're led to believe that droids like do, do, do. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing. Hey, I'm like, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, this is serious business. This is serious. This is a serious podcast, guys. Get in. Yeah, get your head up. in the game. <laughs> we know that we we can like freely assume that droids do take up like a lot of roles. Like we see like taxi driver droids, and we see like a lot of other stuff. And I feel like with Star Wars, I I think in the back of a lot of viewers' minds is like when they ask like who's doing this job, they probably just auto fill in. Probably a droid, yeah. you know. Right. That's what, I, um, yeah. that's what that's what I did when I was, when I wrote the treatment. There's a couple of, like just droid taxi drivers. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that my makes point. sense. <laughs> yeah. That's my point. How would the first order include droids with a boost of funding? I would imagine maybe they'd use them on like gunships. Mm. Maybe mm. like what if droids are running like the cannons on like ships and whatnot and making those more technical decisions? Yeah. Um, kind of makes sense. I think, yeah, that's kind of my final point before we kind of close out the show is that I feel like using droids to visually show the change of the First Order and yeah. we, want to, we want to show them getting bigger and progressing mm. and evolving. And I think a good way to show that would be to maybe do an influx of droids and an increase in their use. Yeah. Um, just to kind of like show, oh, they're getting bigger, they're getting more serious, they're getting more like keen to fight people and be yeah. a, like a serious threat. I could. We yeah. can also just show this in like their general armaments as well. Like what yeah. weapons they choose. True, is. true. But I feel like droid is, is a it's a bit more clear because you mm. can show like, oh, oh big, big gun different to other big gun is a bit, mm. it's a li less visually like distinct, I guess. Mm. Like, man, yeah. Okay, my final point. You guys got anything you want to close out the show with? Some more droid, uh, droid facts? Yeah, droid facts. <laughs> droid facts. No, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I'm not much of a lore expert when it comes to droids and all that. I think they're kind of interesting. It's never been the appeal to me about Star Wars, but I like asking those questions about the world building of it because I think on one hand, you know, it, world building kind of reflects the themes of the world and the story and when you see these changes between the eras and how the galaxy evolves it one it creates more distinctive imagery like that's kind of a side tangent but one of my problems with the sequels you know is if you've ever played battlefront 2 you know that the sequel era kind of is just the original trilogy era it just, just from the way it looks yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. i remember um kai my bandmate for anyone watching he used to like be like oh you know the first order Resistance, that's cool. And then when we played Battlefront 2, he finally understood why it's, like, the exact same. Yep. The sleeker. Yep. And I think that's what I, I want to see, a new era. Like you really want to see something that, like... Yeah, something yeah. new. Like, something new, something very different. Distinct. I brought this up in, like, our first order topic of, like, they should have different armor. I agree. Mm, like, yeah. it, let's not do white stormtrooper armor. It also makes no sense if they're trying to pitch themselves. In yeah. The yes, of, like, exactly. Yeah, for sure. 
that's definitely like a distinction I think we should land I know on. Miller made that change in his in his treatment uh, mm. in the first bit that I read. He's got them wearing like I think like gray like suits of some kind, like gray armor. Interesting. Um, and, yeah. it, and it seemed like a lot more material as, as opposed to like plastic or the or the, mm. the, the space plastic that they used to make the clone trooper armor. Oh, the, the storm yeah. armor. Oh, really? Yeah. Armor's good. <laughs> <laughs> you need armor to an extent, I think. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. yeah Especially if they're troops. Something we can keep tinkering like with. For sure. Don't put them in Jedi robes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor man's not even here to defend himself. <laughs> but we'll be talking a lot more about that later on. Yeah. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll close out the show there. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. Follow us on everything. We're on social media. We're going to be posting on TikTok and YouTube Shorts very soon, so look out for that. Give us five stars on Spotify, all the good stuff. Uh, And until next time, may the Force be with you.